Good morning, and welcome to Naples United Church of Christ. My name is Dawson Taylor. I serve as your senior minister, and it's a wonderful privilege to welcome you. If you are visiting over the holiday weekend, if you were here when we dedicated this sanctuary, or if this is your uh, first time, no matter how it is that you have found us, we're grateful to have you with us. I'd like to especially welcome those who are joining us via live stream, Facebook Live, or those who have gathered at Bentley Village this morning, and also those who will download our audio podcast later this week. Uh, as I like to do each week, I always like to share things that have happened throughout the week, and there were lots of things going on this week, but I think one of the highlights for me was on Thursday uh, during our Lunch and Learn, we hosted uh, the Chief Executive Officer of the Shelter for Abused Women and Children, Linda Oberhaus, who really uh, helped enlighten us about the, um, the issues that face the shelter through uh, domestic violence and human trafficking. And it was also a privilege on your behalf to um, surprise Linda and uh, present her with our Christmas poinsettia offering of $10,508. And so thank you for your generosity. Linda just thought she was coming to lunch and to give some information, and so that was kind of a fun uh, activity alongside Reverend Dr. Deb Kaiser-Cross, our Minister for Congregational Care, and June Ballou, who is chair of our Board of Trustees, but also a longtime volunteer at the shelter and actually volunteer of the year a few years ago, and so it was a, a fun way to surprise and to thank Linda for both her work and the work of the shelter in our community. So there are always great joys in ministry, but there are also always, there are challenging times as well. On Friday evening, I received uh, a phone call that a stalwart of our congregation, Pat McGee, had passed away very unexpectedly. And I wanna share that information with you and to make sure that you're aware. I also want you to be aware that her service has been set and we will have a uh, memorial service and a celebration of her faithful life on Wednesday morning, this Wednesday at 11 a.m. here in the sanctuary with a reception to follow. Um, Pat was uh, a moderator of our congregation. She was also a chair of our board of trustees. She was a volunteer staff member. Uh, she chaired our social committee. She uh, also chaired the Women's Bazaar. Uh, to say that she touched every aspect of the life of this congregation is an understatement. One of the ways that she impacted my life personally was that she also chaired or was a part of both search committees, um, the first that brought me here as associate minister and then the one that placed me in this role as senior minister. And I was thinking so much about her all weekend and I was remembering the, the day that I flew here in October of 2013, I had preached that morning in Dallas and then came to interview with the search committee. So I arrived late in the evening and, and met the, a group of leaders at uh, a club for dinner. And I had just arrived, I had a rental car, and I, uh, in typical fashion, I didn't know where I was, but especially didn't know where I was in a, in a new community. And so the the chair of the search committee, John Richardson, suggested that someone should help get me to the hotel where I was staying. And it was Pat who volunteered for me to follow her to the hotel. And so I just followed her and she made sure I made it to the parking lot and that she turned 
off and went home. And I thought about that as an image of Pat's life and her faith and her leadership in our congregation, about how it was Pat who this congregation followed faithfully and she led faithfully through dark times and through wondrous bright times to help create the church and congregation that we are today. And so we will be eternally indebted to her and I personally will be eternally indebted to her. And so we will celebrate a life so faithfully and well lived this week. And we are grateful that we were able to follow her and we are grateful for her faith and for her leadership in the life of this church. And so this morning we gather as a people of faith and a people of resurrection who believe that not even death can hold us down and believing that it was Jesus who came to overcome death. And so in that spirit, let us center our hearts, our minds, and our souls as we gather here with those who have come before us and gather for worship. In your hearts with mine in prayer, let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O oh God, that in this time of worship that you would speak through me or in spite of me. But that above all else, we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. A few years ago, the Comprehensive Care Corporation of Tampa, Florida, published a booklet about stress in our modern world. The facts are kind of alarming. First, one out of four, 25% of Americans, suffer from mild to moderate depression, anxiety, loneliness, or other painful symptoms, which are attributed mainly to stress. Secondly, four out of five adult family members see a need for less stress in their daily lives. I want to meet that fifth family member. <laughs> Approximately half of all diseases can be linked to stress-related origins, including ulcers, colitis, bronchial asthma, high blood pressure, and some forms of cancer. And fourth, the problem of stress is taking a tremendous toll economically. In our nation alone, Americans are now spending $64.9 billion a year trying to deal with the issues of stress. And Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are burdened and exhausted and stressed out, and I will give you peace and comfort and strength. Speaking of exhausted, at the request of our long-range planning committee, our staff has been collecting a lot of data and information lately to compile. The starting point is 
the start of 2016, the, the time in which I became your senior minister, to get a list together of things that we have accomplished in ministry. Here are some highlights. Renovated parking lot, renovated sanctuary, new logo and branding, new website, new bulletin design, added weekly e-blast, transformed relationship with Precious Cargo Academy, relocated the bargain box after we lost our lease to a continued development downtown, began the Green Justice Team, donated $240,000 to the Neighborhood Health Clinic with an original goal of $125,000 for a dental suite, we donated $90,000 to Grace Place with an original goal of $25,000 for a walk-in refrigeration unit and backup power generator. We donated $50,000 to our community for Hurricane Irma relief. We've remained the number one giving church to the Christmas fund. We've added a worshiping community at Arbor Trace. We've added a worshiping community at Bentley Village. We've added Facebook Live to worship, live stream to worship. We expanded the pipe organ to include the Young Family Festival trumpet. Our endowment has grown from 1.7 million with annual grants of $59,900 to, I was told after the nine o'clock service at the close of business on Friday, $3.4 million and we'll be granting $100,000 next year. In 2015, our all-church missional giving was $412,101.62. And at the close of 2019, we surpassed, for the first time in church history, $600,000. Interesting to note, we actually only budgeted for missions last year $89,000 in our budget meaning that $550,000 of that was second mile giving. Since 2015, we have welcomed the following new staff members. Megan Black, Reverend Dr. David Kaiser Cross, Reverend Dr. Deb Kaiser Cross, Reverend Dr. Sharon Harris Ewing, Rich Mancini, Merrill Noble, and Chelsea Godwin. But our staff costs have only increased on average 3% a year. Most notably, our worship attendance has increased from 583 on a weekly basis to 749. Oh, and we survived the direct hit of a Category 3 hurricane. All of that was at the close of 2018. In 2019, we donated $400,000 to Habitat Humanity Collier with an original goal of $250,000 for the construction of eight homes in Immokalee. The community, which I love, is now being named appropriately Hope. We donated 30000 to people for Guatemala with an original goal of $25,000 for new vehicles. We added an audio podcast of worship. We celebrated the first ordination in the history of this church. We had our first global mission trip in 10 years, and we had our highest Christmas Eve attendance that surpassed 3000 What's amazing to me, though, as I've looked over all the numbers that are given to me about all of this, was that over the last three years, we have only increased our budget $150,000. If you take that number and divide it among the 1,200 members of our congregation, that's $125 per household per year. And actually, due to our staff and board of trustees being very careful, every one of those years, we have 
finished under budget and over what we anticipated in revenue, meaning that we have finished with a surplus that goes to our cash reserves. All of this while taking our programming and missional opportunities from this in 2015-16 to this in 2019 to 2020. So this year, we are asking everyone who filled out an estimate of giving last year to consider increasing by 5%. And I've made it a personal goal to also reach a 500 estimates of giving. The highest on record is 497, so I don't think it's exactly a stretch goal, but just think about fives when you're filling out your estimate of giving. Still, I believe this is one of the best investments in our community. I know of no other entity in Naples or Collier County that gathers on average 750 people a week, employs 52 full-time employees, invests 1.5 million and receives 4.2 million in return. Now, I am not an accountant, banker, investment broker, or financial planner. And as I like to tell people, I'm not even in management, I'm just in sales. <laughs> but if I had those kinds of returns on my retirement investments, I would not be planning to remain your senior minister as long as I plan to. But I do want you to know about your investment, about the complexity of our structure and operation. You see, we are asking you for 2020 to underwrite $1.5 million of our budget. However, the church budget is $1.9 million. The remaining $400,000 comes from money given, given in the offering plates, gifts that are given that are not committed in estimates of giving, building rentals, and other ways of revenue. From there, Precious Cargo Academy, our early childhood learning center, operates on an additional $1.5 million budget. Our thrift store, Bargain Box, operates on a $260,000 budget, and our endowment will produce uh, an income of $100,000, none of which goes to support our budget, by the way. All of these entities are in the name of Naples United Church of Christ, and next year will this coming year will constitute around a $4.2 million operation. Combined, these entities also employ 52 full-time employees, all under the same tax ID number. I think it's easy to walk into our campus that is well-maintained with a, a talented and well-educated staff leading a church that has no debt and operates on a very responsible and relatively lean budget, and think to yourself, that place doesn't need my money as much as other places do, but that could not be further from the truth. Not only is your generosity needed for the operation of our church, but we also need you to fill out an estimate of giving card. We need you to return it to the office so that we can make appropriate financial plans. Fortunately for you, there are cards in your pew backs that make it easy on you. But you'll also receive one in the mail in case everyone at the 9 o'clock service already took them and there's not one. You should also know that we take confidentiality and the protection of your data very seriously. There are only two people that know this kind of information, myself and our director of finance. 
While second mile giving is very exciting and making a tangible impact on people's lives is fulfilling, I want you to know that 2020 is not a year with any major missional asks. This is a year that we want to ensure that we take care of the needs of our church. Yes, there will be a trip to Guatemala. Yes, there will be special offerings at Easter, Thanksgiving, Advent, and Christmas in our second annual alternative gift market. But I am especially mindful along our, alongside our leadership that we must keep in balance our staffing and our programming needs with our desire to make a difference in Naples, Collier County, and beyond. If we do not have the budget and the staff infrastructure to support our growth, as well as our missional efforts and what we want to do, we risk losing our identity as a mission-driven congregation, who I believe we are at our very core. Last fall, I was sitting in a long-range planning committee meeting, and I was asked a very pointed question by a member of the committee in response to some critique that I had received that I just want to change everything. They said, Dawson, what actually has to change at Naples UCC for us to be healthy and vibrant in 10 years? I took a moment, took a long drink of water, reflected and then responded, nothing. Who we are at our core is healthy and vibrant. I simply want to take who we've been for the last 46 years and enhance and expand it. That will position us for the next 46 years. They sat back and said, well, would you tell everyone that please? And so we've asked our council, our leadership, and our staff to make their mantra enhance and expand. You see, I think in some ways I've probably gotten a bad rap as a pastor and leader who doesn't value the past the way that I do. I actually think that the past charts our future. Why change what is working? Do I do things differently than my predecessor? Do I do things differently than your pastor in the North? Probably. But I also intentionally surround myself with talented colleagues who are of different ages, have different experiences, and then I invite and empower them to do their ministries with integrity and even occasionally to disagree with me. And then from time to time, our lay leadership and I exchange differing ideas, but we do it in respectful ways. And that's the sign of a healthy culture. I seem to also get asked more than I wish if I have plans to leave Naples. Recently, I, I flippantly responded, yeah, I'm going to Texas after Christmas. You see, I really don't have plans to go anywhere. Our 50th anniversary is in 2023, and I continue to dream big dreams and to think about what it will be like to lead this congregation into the next decade. And I want you to trust that I will do that with love, integrity, mutuality, and skill. And I want to trust you 
that you will empower and allow me to do so. Along the rural roads of India, every now and then as you walk along, you come to a post that is about shoulder high, that has a strong shelf built on top of it. These posts are actually called Soma Tangas. People who walk the roads carrying loads on their backs can stop at a Soma Tanga, which means resting place. There they place the heavy load that they have been carrying on the shelf and they can rest a while before continuing on their journey. It's probably not surprising that many believers in India call Jesus my Soma Tanga, the one who gives me rest, the one who takes my burdens, the one who renews my strength. You see, that's what I want for us individually and as a congregation. I want for us to have places of deep rest where we can lay down the loads that we carry. And I want this church to be that place for you and for me. And I want this church to be that place for our community. There are a lot of people looking for what we have discovered here and for what Pat McGee helped build. A place with deep and abiding community, first-rate pastoral care, stunning music, and preaching when at its best does not tell you what to think, but invites you to reflect more deeply. A unique partnership between clergy and lay leadership in our governance an open and affirming congregation that not only welcomes but celebrates all people, and a congregation that at its core is mission-driven, knowing no other way to have faith or to live one's life than to call out generosity and to give out of our abundance. People of God called Naples UCC, this is undoubtedly our time to soar. I give God thanks for you. I trust you to be generous yet again. And I celebrate all that we have done and are yet to do together. And I give God thanks. Amen.